another episode of Peers Over Beers. This is a continuation of episode 12. The interview is already in progress. Yeah, quickly, uh, you know, you mentioned this kind of uh, just quick self-help. You know, I've always been told that, you know, on a community, 24 hours to 48 hours is acceptable. But from what you're saying is, is that obviously super users are bringing uh these these this information to you guys quickly or you know you guys are answering the the questions pretty quickly i mean is that are, are you saying like two to three hours is, is really more acceptable or kind of the you know how how long should it take to answer a question you know well, yeah so i think it probably depends is, but yeah so i would almost say like when you look at the forum there's like 20 questions that have come in and so you almost have to pri- prioritize them yeah so when you look at them, not every question has like the same value, but the heartburn with the, the like staff supported teams, they're just like going through and they may have like 20 to 200 new threads that came in that they're having to look at. So they have no bearing, which are the ones that are just completely out of control. And there's this huge fire that's going on, but the super users, they're actually curating it. So when the teams come online, they don't have to go to the forum. They check their, they get an email that says, hey, um, Michael, Chris, you better check out these five, five forum threads like right away. Like we don't know because it's your IP or any number of issues. These are the ones like you really need to know about. Or if there's like another community like where there's an issue, they're actually like flagging it for you. Um, and in other cases like where they can actually answer the question I mean, that team can literally like roll back. So like one of the, one of the people that I worked with a lot is this um, guy out of uh, Taipei, Taiwan called Yikai Chen. And so he like completely blows everybody's minds. He can answer three form questions across just about any IOT pro- protocol in 10 seconds you know, <laughs> oh my God. without Googling stuff, without looking at product stuff. He just knows. Yeah, so he became like this power user. So now he's just like, um, and you think about even for the most experienced person, you're still going to have to refer back to maybe a code library, some type of documentation collateral. And so I literally could sit next to this person and they could just bang through like what felt like hundreds of questions like within two minutes. So for them, you throw someone like him like on several forums, like, it, it completely shifts the paradigm of the staff now being able to selectively answer questions versus like where they feel like they have to do a hundred percent of answering it. And the other sweet spot is because he's essentially three time zones, three really big time zones ahead than Asia, the teams like in Europe and North America can much more easily load balance. And so they have even more time on the forum because of Yukai. To, to really provide high quality questions. They're not trying to do whack-a-mole with just a sea of stuff because IoT is so challenging because people can use like products or hardware software in so many different ways than you can ever imagine that it's, it's virtually really tough to be able to scale and do it. So it's just like for, and so I think for, from the question standpoint is really kind of more about the, the support experience and kind of like what that sort of expectation is going to be because you see a lot of forums where it's just like we've all been there it's like you post a question and someone's job is just to reply with hey got your question someone's going to follow up with you and so it's like in pretty much they're doing that with everyone but no one's like getting an answer 
And so the main thing is like for really finding the healthy balance of that it's not gonna like getting a solution isn't gonna permeate and that the solution's like easy to find. And then it's also gonna be really easy to tell who the employees are versus like the, the non-employee. So for every question, it's, it's gonna be tough to say like from the exact um, timeframe of, of when you can do it, but it's really trying to leverage everything as much as possible to get the latency down. And so it's, you know, some, some of the heartburn is just like that most online platform site search suck. So like on Quora, it's like, it's almost impossible to do like how to get it to Antarctica, like on a yacht or something like this. And the answer is like already there. So it's, you're, you're directed to the solution so quickly, but on a lot of technical communities, it's, you know, you see that problem, especially like with the stack overflows and things like that. So it's really just from the customer experiences, like how do we get them the, the right answer without trying to game it? So it's just really getting... Um, the best experience. So essentially just that, you know, when you come there that whether it's the community or staff that somebody has it, it's like getting to like the sweet spot of like the, the peace of mind versus like the ones where you just like, you know, it's like if you're, you're watching the Super Bowl and Hulu's down, you put in a support ticket and you pretty much have no idea like if it's ever going to get an answered. And so yeah. the emotional nature of B2B is what you can always see is that sometimes people have millions of dollars on their line and their, their boss breathing down their neck. So it's, it can be. You try, so you're basically saying you got to try to get that, especially the more important answers quickly. Right. So I have a question for you is, you know, when you're talking to these people that you just mentioned, I mean, you know them by name, which is amazing. Um, and I learned something today because of that. It's like, Hey, let's get to know who these people are. Let's talk to them. Let's link them in. Let's, face to face that kind of stuff I, I love it um do you train them kind of say hey look th you're doing a great job in these things and i really appreciate that can you continue to do this this and this or you know what's that conversation like you know with those super users uh because i think there's probably some conversation going on with you and or somebody in that person right to say this is what we need this is how you stay in your status or you know i don't know i'm, I'm trying to understand that better so yeah so the so like the crazy thing, and, and I know Mike can speak to this, is like one of the like biggest dirty words at like some organization, like the one we are at is like Salesforce. Like you mm -hmm. could not say stuff like Salesforce, which also means you had no CRM. And so like with no CRM, it's like I had to like, you have to memorize every single user, like for their community username and then their social usernames. And then if you're connected on LinkedIn, then you had to know their real name and whatever iteration they put that in. So, so it's a really giant game of memorization, not only like with the community members, but, but also internally. So you could have like 20 Mike Sandoval's like at a, at a company and you had to know which one and which business and really be able to train yourself. And in the same way, like with, with the customers that there's a level that they expect you to know who they are. There's nothing worse than if you're like on another community or, or social, and you get a response and it sounds very custom to you and tailored to you. And then suddenly, like, for whatever reason, you see them respond to somebody else with the same exact message where they just copied and pasted, like, the name. You're like, oh, okay, I'm not <laughs> as special. So, you know, kind of knowing that, you know, highly technical audiences, like, 
doing that legwork, it was just having being able to remember every single thing about them. And so part of the reason that I do that um, and obsess over it is also for like small wins. And so for, you know, like some of the people like as, as a kind of like a, a hypothetical is like if somebody was really passionate, you know, kind of about a particular thing and you saw like an opportunity to capitalize on it, really just to be able to like um, make it happen. And so it could be as simple as a quick like thank you note or like it's where we are from, it could be getting them like a signed wafer from like Jack Kilby. And so it's like, and they are virtually impossible to come, come across, but where you could kind of like, you knew what they were passionate about and some of the things that they wanted, you could actually like capitalize on it. And really from the, the hearts and mind is everything I could do to, to provide that great experience. So that's kind of like, I had that vested interest to know every single thing um, going on about them and everything I knew helped me to like delineate one person, um, you know, I think really uh, from the next. And then in terms of the, you know, like the program, so really kind of like for me, the next step was like, we kind of had the proof and concept to like strategically where it made sense and so we're doing it really as a program aligned to the hero products, the hero personas, and really to really jump onto the feedback loops really across the board to add velocity to it. Now we need like all these different signups. So we're not there. And so Michael had left off with all these ideas about user conferences and things like that. But again, we needed like that proof, proof of concept. So what I really started to do was like community awards. Mm -hmm. And so community awards was like virtual awards. Everybody got a virtual badge each month. Um, in some cases it was community members giving other communities awards. We had like the, the Jans and Martin award that we did every month where they selected like a pro project that they really liked. So it wasn't just kind of where it felt like the marketing people like giving out stuff to their favorites. And, and the, the goal was to ladder that into um, getting Jens Michael into TI for like an overall annual kind of community awards thing. And so the amazing thing is, so we do this as kind of a proof of concept and we're really accelerating growth. We're not giving away t-shirts. There's no, there, there's no budget. So it's very virtual, but it actually ladders into this overall annual awards thing that we get Jens Michael into town. And so when I do like these like user type events, at that level where it's like one person, it's generally like it's the opposite where the company says, here's your agenda, have fun. And you're just almost like beat over the head by like a Thor hammer for like 12 hours. And then you go back to your hotel room completely tired and then you come back the next day and it's kind of like more what the company wanted to show you. And so I like flipped the script and said, would say to people, you know, like bringing in Jens Michael, like, what do you want to learn about? Who do you want to meet? What do you want to see? And we're going to basically like, if it was like a trip to Machu Picchu or anywhere else in the world, like we're going to tailor this trip to be the most awesome trip that you've always wanted to do and really curate it that way. So when I get kind of the idea of what Jens wanted, you know, there's like stuff of getting him in front of like team meetings, like on the MSP side of the house where it's not um, just like he's hanging out with people. He gets to show up in department meetings and talk about the value of his contributions with the community. 
and then he understands like in that other like analogy that he understands what everybody wants probably better than some of the people working there at that point so he can just rattle off this is what you need to do this is where your opportunity is go after this hey blake um, out of curiosity like uh how, how so these people that you're talking to and, and and it's probably more of my curiosity but how, how does how long had that community been there you know for you to kind of form that relationship did it take a year two years three months or whatever like was it a long time or well on the msp side of the house it's like it's probably a little bit different so this is like on embedded so microcontrollers where it's a little bit easier to geek out on products as, as mike could say and they had a really big competitive advantage because they had like a a very community friendly pro product and a launch pad and so with the launch pad it's like when you think a lot of stuff at like a company like that for semiconductors like think of like signal switchers like switchers like see how excited all of you were here like Oh yeah, yeah. That bit, yeah. Oh my God! <laughs> I, I used to fondly refer to them as bit flippers, but I'm sure. That's, yeah, exactly. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure they hate the that. launch pad, it's a little board, and you could prototype on it, and you could do it in all these different types of configurations. And so the ways that you could experiment with before we actually bought silicone or any anything else that you needed was almost like infinite. So it's like perfect as a introductory product really for anybody across the sphere or to even experiment on stuff that they hadn't already seen before. So that really was a huge accelerator to what we're doing. And the MSP side of the house, that's where it all started out of. And so now we just need to connect it so that the product team has um, can see what the community sees, people at the front line scenes, because they're almost like more active on the front lines across all these different markets and customers than anyone else is, right? So that's so that's really kind of where, um, and so Yen's kind of like, he started out where the business was, had given him this like TI store coupon. And so my thing was to, um, you know, how do we really take this to the next level and, and really keep him retained because someone at, that's contributing at a high volume. All right, like quick, 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 quick thought there's, uh, the reason I asked that question was, you know, if, if you have somebody like me that just started community four months ago or that just went live, you know, over time, I'm looking for those users that you just mentioned. Now, unfortunately, you don't really know who those are in four months. You start seeing some interactions. You start seeing those kinds of things. What I'm trying to, one, think about is, you know, this person that you're talking about and these few people that you've talked about have probably been part of that community for a long time. And maybe that's because it's a developer type community, a little different. But, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, as a community manager or a person that uh, is thinking about over time, this kind of super user program, one, I think it's two to three years out for me or maybe even others, but maybe it's not, you know, I don't know, but I'm trying to find those today by doing some other types of programs. So what I'm asking for you is, is just give me a, you know, a thought around, you know, this person has been at TI for three months or he's been a customer for a long time he started getting the yahoo groups probably two years before i was there but then started doing some of these other things and that kind of stuff so i'm trying to really kind of hone in on you know how do i start building those relationships now one two is when do i consider somebody a super user three i mean it's i'm just trying to figure it out you know and i think a lot of people in my case because it's funny because we had that super user call uh, a month or two ago 
And I had people all over LinkedIn asking me uh, and, and excited about and, and messaging me uh, separately, you know, say, I want to know more. Uh, Chris, let's have lunch. Chris, oh my God. And I'm like, this is crazy. I have all these questions. I've not done a super user. I, I never pushed a super user program, but I know how important it is. But I'm just trying to understand, you know, uh, you know, what is I'm building towards that, I believe. Uh, but, you know, what was kind of the time frame, time limit, and, and those things that that person was engaged and involved? Does that make sense? Yeah. So probably there's like in a, a support community like that, there's probably like two tracks that I'll go down. So one is going to be, um, you know, with the business integration piece that, you know, me and Mike essentially have to do with, we're like interfacing with like, tens of thousands of employees and more business units than we can, can count in product lines. But as part of the kind of like our business integration is that we're also get, doing a lot of our, a lot of our efforts, whether we kind of realized it or not at the time is like going out to lunch with people, getting people out to maybe even a happy hour, like different people that regardless of where we always saw that they fit into the ecosystem. And so as part of all this like outreach and business integration and every single meeting and every single conversation is like, would ask and be very purposeful about it. It's like, hey, are there any customers that you're dealing with that you kind of see that can be passionate and can kind of be these things? They have a willingness to mentor, help other people. They're highly active at trade shows, come in by the booth and kind of, they kind of fit like the ideal person that we're going after. So there's a lot of like hand-to-hand -hand combat of planting the seed Every single person I could talk to in marketing and product and in, especially like in sales, yeah. like field sales where people are having to deal with people more like, hey, I'm looking for someone like this. So regardless of whatever the heck the meeting was about, I would always slip that in like, hey, we're looking for people like this. And everywhere I could go where especially with any role where I thought that they had ever interfaced with a customer, it's like, hey, this is who I'm looking for. And so they're going to be like a referral um, army kind of for me to be able to funnel it back. And so when Jens came up, you know, initially it was because of like, I had sort of like beaten down so many doors and people kind of understood like, Hey, if we see anybody that could be a great community member, we better let um, Blake know. So that's where really I found out about him. And so that's one. And then on the other track, it's like time to acquisition. And so you get like on user generated communities, regardless of whether it's content or people helping out other people, yeah. it's like you have to intercept them early in the process. So if Michael is mowing your lawn every day for like 50 months and you don't even acknowledge it, there's going to be like at, at a certain point that they stop doing it. So it's like some people, they just love doing it and you never have to touch them. But then you have to like start to figure out like is how do we catch like the second somebody helps out two people, three people, where can we get that down? And then when we can like atomize it and look at those posts and be like, oh my God, this is going to be the next Oak Cow Yellow. This is going to be like the next Jens Michael. And so when you, you say that's like a, a three months kind of thing or two months or you just see them replying within first 30 days and you're like oh my god this guy is gonna be awesome or gal whatever yeah so i almost need to know from all the businesses like do they have anybody that they can funnel to me as a potential champion mm -hmm. and so whether they've been active on the community or not like somebody that they can refer me to as a referral program and can i like cheat with like some internal 
you know, like employee newsletter, things like that. Hey, we're looking for people like this. And so they may have a, a ton of people already on their radar, especially in big companies that, you know, it's like nobody, it's just like nobody ever asked them. So you've got all this like low hanging fruit of just people that are like, like, oh, of course I've got Joe Bob, I got Susie Q. And so there's just so much of just going, doing that circuit, almost like it's a trade show where every single boost, like in a different employee or division, and doing the due diligence to see, do they have anybody that they can refer to me? And even if they haven't been on the community, it's like, I'm going to treat them as like a beta group for that community to get like one-on-ones or calls with them and say like, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'd really like for you to be on the ground floor. It's like, hey, you don't have to like stick around or maybe this doesn't work out, but you've kind of, you've, you know, you get a really strong recommendation, really would like to be able to work. Thank you for listening to another episode of Peers Over Beers. Please listen to episode 14 to hear the rest of this conversation.